You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do. And uh, today we picked an interesting topic today, and this came from a couple of conversations in our classes. Where does breed popularity come from? If we're talking about, wow, I've seen a whole bunch of Cavalier King Charles Spaniels lately. Well, they're cute. They're absolutely adorable. But there aren't huge numbers of them. It's not a breed that there's ads in the paper every day. So, which is not how to get a puppy, by the way. I'm using that as an example. (laughs) (laughs) But where does breed popularity come from? And... Obviously, there's there's a couple things. Movies. There's been a lot posted on the internet recently from Malinois breeders, Belgian Malinois breeders, saying the movie Max is great, but a Malinois is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're as trainers, we're saying the same thing because a Belgian Malinois is a high drive, hardcore, busy, super smart dog, and it's not a dog. To hang around the house and be a pet. No, definitely not. If so, you work a nine-to-five job, don't even think about a Malinois. <laughs> no. So the Malinois breeders and dog trainers are very concerned that the movie Max is going to cause an influx in Malinois. So they started promoting weeks before the movie was released. This is not the breed for everyone. But we certainly have seen an influx after certain movies came out. Old movies, The Wizard of Oz, you know, everybody loved the Karen Terrier, Toto. Mm-hmm. Very true. And I grew up with the German Shepherds, Rin Chin Chin, and the German Shepherd in F Troop. Does anybody else remember that comedy? Yes. That was hysterical. I loved it. But 101 Dalmatians. Oh, gosh. After the re-release of that, we saw we have, yeah. a huge yeah. <laughs> influx of Dalmatians. We yeah. used to see one every three or four months and then we for a while we had at least one in every dog training class yeah i know i've said this before in other podcasts but movies and tvs are not reality (laughs) (laughs) really why do we have such a hard time with that concept i can't buy a jimmy shepherd it'll be like rin tin tin yeah it's magic they all holly it'll be like perfectly like lassie to be rin tin tin and they all grow up like lassie to be a (laughs) crossdresser well Lassie's a perfect example, though. There were a lot of collies out there after Lassie. Yeah, Everybody wanted a collie. Mm-hmm. Um, Chihuahua is legally oh. blonde. That one and the other movie that the dogs were from, like, outer space. The Big Great Dane. Uh, oh, 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 oh. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, I have it. I have that movie. I yeah, you do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Big uh, Good boy. Good dog. Good uh, 
Shoot, it's a beagle is the main character. Right. Yep. And uh, I think it's oh, good there's boy. there's chihuahuas in there, because too. Because he treats the boy as his pet for a while. Because mm-hmm. where he comes from on the planet of dog, the dogs are in charge. Yeah. yeah. That helped promote some of the breeds when they saw all those breeds on there. Thank goodness we didn't see an influx of great things. <laughs> so I think she had such a small part, or he had small part. No, but I wonder if the influx of Bernese Mountain Dogs might have had something to do with, because there was a very yeah. nice one in that movie. Yeah, there was. How about Up with Doug? Squirrel! <laughs> we always like the, the, the example. Squirrel! Yeah, we use that. <laughs> of course, it did portray Dobermans as the bad dogs, evil, the bully evil. dog. Yeah. Which is not true. Beethoven, St. Bernard's. Yeah, we did we see did, we did see, we did see some St. Bernard's after that one. Not a huge influx, but yeah. I think a lot of people took one look at the size of them and reality yeah. stepped in. Yeah. But we did see a few. Air Bud, the Goldens. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. the subsequent movies with the Golden Puppies and, oh, yeah. Adorable, great movies. It's not real. Uh, even Max was played. Even Max the Malinois was played by two, three, three different Malinois. Yeah, three, yeah. three yeah. Malinois. What was the other one? The uh, Christmas one that's on every year with um, the Great Pyrenees puppies. Luckily, we didn't see a huge influx in that. The no, snow but we, puppy or pu- snow snow dogs, snow dogs or something. Yeah, we did see more than we normally. Oh did. yeah, we did get an influx. Um, I do think for some of the you know the large breeds, the Bernese and the Saint Bernard and the Pyrenees, it it the size alone makes people think twice. But the Cairn Terriers, the Chihuahuas, oh. um, Jack Russell's oh. are the one that's been in a lot. I think Fraser started it. We saw Eddie and then his son. And in, they now use Jackson practically every movie and then commercials, so you see them. Oh yeah, everywhere. Yeah, because they are adorable. Having yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> right, Will? Well, there was and a Jack, very photogenic. There was a Jack Russell Terrier in The Artist. There was a Jack Russell Terrier in another movie recently. What was? Yeah, I don't know. I know I see them on TV all the time. Yeah, they're in lots they're of commercials. Everywhere. Yeah, yes, because they are so photogenic. They're, they're, they're photogenic and they're very active. And so yes. a job such as being on TV or in commercials is great. Yes, because you have to keep them busy. Sure. As, as the owner of a Jack Russell Terrier, let me stress that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, if we're talking media, we got to talk about books. And I grew up reading every dog book ever written. Mm-hmm. But not all of them caused me to want the breed. Of course, I read all the German Shepherd books. Of and I, I wanted a German Shepherd, and that was my first dog. But, of course, he almost mm-hmm. destroyed my house when he was four <laughs> months old. So that also got me into dog training. So there was that. But all the Collie books... The Terhoon books, Lad a Dog and mm-hmm. Grey Wolf, and I read all of those. Big Red, the Irish Setter. Mm-hmm. Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild. All of Jack London's books, I read all of his books. But, you know, they didn't make me want Huskies. Where the Red Fern Grows. Where the Red Fern Grows, exactly. Oh, tears, cry. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want coonhounds after that. But I do know people who, I have a good friend, and I won't say her name because I don't want her to come beat me up. But she read all of the Lada Dog series, and she got Collies, and then she got Shelties. So, you know, it influenced her greatly. Lots of dog books. Fortunately, I got stuck on Babar the Elephant, and it just wasn't feasible. <laughs> to have an elephant, I Thank goodness! Oh, my God! 
Precis. Instead of working with us at Kindred Spirits, you'd be doing a podcast on elephants. Right. <laughs> so movies, TV shows, books, well, commercials. We briefly mentioned that, but we got to mention commercials because commercials are huge. I mean, people pay big money. How about the uh, the Budweiser Clydesdale commercial with the little golden puppy? Oh, okay. Heartbreaker. Complete. They do. You know, it, to me, it was like, yeah, yeah, okay. But I really love the commercial because of the horses. The horses, yeah. <laughs> the Clydesdales. But well, okay, there's a dog in it. But the Clydesdales. Heck, elderly friend who I will not mention as well to keep her uh, reputation sane. But she wanted to get hamsters because of the Kia Soul car commercial. Oh, oh my god! Because the little hamsters are so cool, just sitting there chilling in the. She's gonna bath. dress them and put shoes on them. Like, and, like, dance those are not real hamsters. Real hamsters run around their wheel all night long and pee and poop in their wheels. Yes. <laughs> they bite you if they're not oh, well trained. So, no, that's TV, not reality. Don't make keep saying that okay I well yeah. then you go back then you go into reality you've got your um famous people yeah you know <laughs> how many people want a purse pets because of some of the oh, famous people that have Paris. well i'm gonna name her name paris hilton started it and caused so much trouble because her chihuahuas her teacup yorkies her teacup pomeranians bit people mm-hmm. and i'm sorry yeah. breeding Pocket those pet nippers it's breeding them tinier and tinier. There was one article that I looked up where she had paid $25,000 for two teacup Pomeranians. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Teacup Pomeranians? No, yes. there's no such thing. The Pomeranian Club of America says there's one size. The Yorkshire Terrier Club of America says there's one size. There's no such thing as a teacup. But unfortunately, some people are breeding them teeny tiny. This little palm that was in a picture that she had taken fit mm-hmm. in her hand. Mm-hmm. One of her thousands of pictures. Yes, mm-hmm. it was so yeah, tiny. It was bitty. And of course, then there's the danger. You know, we call them toy breeds, but that doesn't mean they should be small enough to insert batteries. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And all the health problems that go along with that. That's no, that's mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. Then on the other side, there are the celebrities that are responsible dog owners. I've seen multiple photographs of Matthew McConaughey. Now, I'm not saying he's a good dog owner just because I think he's absolutely gorgeous. But, you <laughs> not know. Not that we're <laughs> But. Um, I love seeing lots of photos he, of him. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's got an Australian cattle dog and he's got a couple of mixes. And he takes them to the beach. He exercises them. He throws sticks for them. His kids are playing in the sand. I mean, I don't care if it's a setup photo or not. <laughs> they all look good. Yeah. <laughs> His dogs were playing with him on the beach. Oh, and they were fit. And they were fit. Yeah. The late departed Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Besides Rhodesian his Georgian Rhodesian Richbacks. You got so excited about Patrick, I you did. almost couldn't say the name. <laughs> well, yeah, he's got horses, too. Yep. So, yep. you know, of Star Trek fame, William Shatner is yes. famous for his horses and his Doberman Pinschers. I know one poster photograph of him with a Doberman bitch, who I think has since passed away, but I'm not sure. She was giving him a slurp on the face. It was a wonderful photo. was auctioned off for charity, for his charity horse show that he does every year. And I did find some information that his Dobermans now are named Cappuccino in Starbucks. (laughs) I don't know how recent that is, but I thought that was very clever. (laughs) 
I name my dogs after Star Trek characters. He names his after coffee. <laughs> There's something wrong there. <laughs> funny. But, you know, celebrities, I don't know why. Now you were thinking, you got stuck on celebrities, but who can think of um, Nixon without thinking of checkers? Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson. Lyndon B. Johnson, sorry. Lyndon B. Johnson of uh, picking his uh, beagles up by the ears. Right. Oh, yeah, I hated that yeah. man for that. Wait a minute, that was the, and Checkers was the cocker to Nixon? He did his speech, his Checkers speech, where he said, you won't have me to kick around in Yeah, uh, never uh, mind, okay. That was very early in my concept of politics, so. And Ford with his Golden Liberty. The Reagans with their Bouvier de Flanders. Right. Oh, yeah. and, and when uh, oh, the Obama family got their Portuguese water, water dogs, dogs yeah. which have two now, two now, which yeah. have turned out to be wonderful dogs, and got yeah. trainers right away. Yes, yeah. they did. I was, and who can think of the Queen of England without thinking of her corgis? Yeah, yeah. all of whom were trained. And and how sad it was that she announced this year that she was not getting any more corgis. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, yeah oh. it was a big deal. Uh, she says she's getting older. Yeah, and uh, these will be her last corgis. Oh. Who was the one that had the King Charles Cavaliers? Was it one of her presidents? Of- the Reagans had a Cavalier and their Bouvier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the Reagans. Yeah. When when people of prominence get hooked on a breed, then it really does become synonymous with them, especially the Queen. Right. Right. She's but in in the Obamas, you know, the dogs are in all the family portraits and mm-hmm. so forth. Uh, and no matter what you think about politics, they've done a good job with the dogs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Reagan's dogs got kicked out, and especially the Bouvier, got kicked out and exiled to the Western White House. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we could have told them that. A Bouvier in the they White didn't House. call us. Yeah. <laughs> Shows the importance of picking the right breed for you and your situation. Yes. Uh, it's, speaking of the Reagan's and their dogs in the White House that didn't call us in trainers, Paul and I were back in Washington, D.C. at that era, and we were taking care of the Marine Corps mascot, the bulldog, because when we showed up, the commanding officer saw that we were dog trainers. We had well-behaved dogs. <laughs> and the first day we checked in, handed us the leash of the bulldog and said, fix it. <laughs> the whole history of the bulldog as the mascot for the Marines is amazing to me, too, because... Frankly, when I think of Bulldog, I think English, I think uh, Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. But weren't the original Devil Dogs Dobermans? Yes, they were. The Devil Dog was Doberman Pinscher for many, many years. But after one of the wars, and I'm not going to say which one because I haven't researched it to be sure recently, the dogs that were coming back were attack trained, not of the best temperaments. They were, they were war dogs. And I believe shortly thereafter, the Bulldogs were brought in because they were a little more stable at the time, a little less apt to bite everybody. But the Bulldog that Paul and I brought home from Marine Barracks 8th and I when we were stationed there, they handed him over to us the day we reported in because he was biting people. Because the guys were messing with him. They were teasing him. You know, young 18, 19-year-olds away from home. And... uh, you know, mob mentality. If you get a whole group of young guys together, they're going to do stupid stuff. So we got Chesty and took him out of the barracks, brought him back to work during the day. And the rest of the time he got to live as a real life dog, trying to keep up with our two German shepherds. <laughs> <laughs> he got so frustrated. But he did. He didn't bite again. So Good. Yeah. 
and the the changing of the breeds. So the the American Bulldog slash Pitbull from our gang, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to what he is today. To what he is. Yeah. Seen today. Is but see, that goes along with popularity, too. Look at the changes in the German Shepherd. The oh, German yeah. Shepherd always had a slightly longer back than he was tall. He wasn't square, but his he legs were... more square than he was now. Yeah, his legs were well built. Yeah. He didn't have the severe angulation in the rear, yep. in the back legs. And today, you'd barely recognize the same breed. I mean, you look at a... German Shepherd today and a German Shepherd of a hundred years ago and, and yeah, you wouldn't even know they're the same dog. Somebody did that on the internet and, and if you can search for it it's a, a pictorial for now type thing. Yeah, with the breeds, certain breeds fifty, mm-hmm. hundred years ago and what they are now. And it is mind blowing the difference. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, my dog was a Pekingese and he ran alongside my bike. He was an athlete. Yes. He was a little bitty dude, but yes. he was an athlete. The yeah. Pekingese you see in the dog shows today are cripples. Walks ten feet and he has to stop and cool down. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's not even a dog in my... I'm sorry. I don't yeah. care how gorgeous he is. Yeah. That's not a dog. All right. Well, we need to take a break for our sponsors, so hold on. We've got a lot more to talk about when we get back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com, that's the number 4, K-N-I-N-E-S.com, or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. This is your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. To continue, okay, so breeds become popular through the media, movies, TV, books, celebrities, and as we're starting to talk about right now, dog shows. 
probably the dog show that makes a breed the most popular here in the United States is Westminster. Yeah. We often see an influx in certain breeds, uh, depending on which one wins. In 2011, the Scottish Deerhound won. We didn't see an influx of Scottish no, Deerhounds. No. But the breeders all banded together. I, I remember seeing it on Facebook and on the internet as, thou shalt not breed a litter right now. We're just smart. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. thank them. <laughs> yeah. It's the Deerhound's not meant for everybody. No. The same thing, 2013 was an Affin Pincher. We didn't see didn't any see, Affin no. Pincher. But 2015 were Beagles. Oh, my God. We saw Beagles. We saw lots of Beagles. We saw Beagles. 2007, English Springer Spaniels. Oh, we saw, we saw a whole bunch of them mm-hmm. there for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. medium-sized dog all around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Needs grooming, but easy enough to take to the groomer or learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Although we did see a bunch come in that needed grooming terribly. Newfoundland, 2004, Newfies. We saw a bunch of Newfies. In fact, there's still a lot here in northern San Diego County. Yeah, because I remember years ago when you and I were doing this, Newfies, she, rarely did we see them in a year. Now we see now it's almost, commonly. Almost, yeah, at least... One yeah. a month in a class. It's, yeah. 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 So I think the, and at Westminster, there's always someone giving some information about the breed. Sometimes they're honest mm-hmm. about it. You know, this dog needs a lot of exercise. This dog needs training. They do say once in a while this dog is not for the first dog owner. Yes. Dog, uh, yes. Yeah. But unfortunately, a lot of times it almost mm-hmm. sounds like a sales job, you know? <laughs> These are awesome dogs. Yeah, these are great with kids. And and I know that that's real life, but it really ain't. They might show the behind the scenes of what they go through to mm-hmm. prepare the dogs for the shows. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the hours on the road going from show to show, the, the amount of grooming to get those dogs to look effortless. Mm-hmm. You buy the puppy, it ain't just automatically going to grow up and look like the Westminster it's women. Not- or behave like or it. Or behave like it. It's not. Yeah. It takes yeah. a lot to get there. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you, honey. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's some worthy breeds in there, too. but And then, of course, well, you said this, this deer hound people mm-hmm. banded together and said, okay. Right. So they had a strong community. But there are the puppy mills. Oh, yeah. And they're willing to breed for what is popular at the drop of a hat. Right, right. And, of course, they're all breeding to the same quality of standard, or lack of, uh, sorry, editorial note, uh, of a Westminster winner, right? Right, right, yeah, right, right. right, and movies are real. For, first of right. all, breeders are not going to willingly sell their wonderful puppies to someone who's... A commercial bre- breeder. Yeah. yeah. A, a commercial uh, factory breeder. Right. Now, accidents do happen. I have heard in back when i had papillons a number of years ago a very well-respected breeder found out that one of her stud dogs ended up in a commercial puppy mill it had been sold to someone who portrayed themselves as something that they weren't and that this was going to be a lovely puppy that they wanted to show in a dog show they wanted to get into the the sport blah 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 and it ended up that that wasn't true at all they bought it to breed and to breed in a commercial puppy mill. And she went through everything to try and get that dog back. I don't remember that she was able to. But um, so things can happen. Yeah. I mean, there's unscrupulous people everywhere. But 
responsible breeders are not going to knowingly sell their well-bred puppies to a commercial puppy mill. So that means they're not getting the best of the best. But that's what they expect from the movie or the TV show. And frankly, sure. for most people, right. Westminster is a TV show. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so a dog show like Westminster can increase a breed's popularity for good or for bad. It's also one of those things. And I suppose I should say that's media, just like movies and other TV shows, because that's where people see it. Mm-hmm. Patron and I went back to New York City a couple oh times to Westminster. Wow. What you see on TV is a lot better than what you see in person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, neither one of us were impressed no. at all. At all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as, as influent and as, you know, gosh, I went to Westminster. My dog was there. All that's wonderful. But I, yeah, I wouldn't take my dog there. No. No. I wouldn't want to show my no. dog there. Well, of course, our dogs aren't used to those conditions. The the benching, having to stay there on the bench all day long. Hours. Going time. potty in sawdust. Okay. Tiny, <laughs> cramped quarters. To, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's not our thing. Nope. I know many breeders strive to do that because it is the, the showcase. Yeah. But yeah. definitely not what I would aim for. No. So, so those are some of the things that increase popularity. But what does popularity do to a breed? Well, I was thinking, talking about... German Shepherds. Well, you remember way back when we heard the day that Australian Shepherds were going to AKC. And we said, that's going to be the ruination of the breed. The healthy... Very sad day. Healthy breed (laughs) that had very few issues and was a fairly rare breed is now a very popular breed and it has numerous serious health issues. So many. Cancer is increasing exponentially. Well, and you just lost one year's to cancer. Well, two. Shasta and Kona. And Kona. Well, I mean, thank yeah. goodness they're both 13, but still cancer took them yes. at the end of their life. Yeah. I had yeah. to put one Aussie down epilepsy, Kirby. Right. Right. And he was only two. Dax had copper toxicosis. She was able to live out her life, contrary to what her vet expected, but Paul and I worked really, really hard to make sure she lived out her life with that disease. And we were, and you and I did the research on where to get the breeds, their the lineage, everything. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah. no guarantee. So in the process of, of talking about popular breeds, you're talking about the popularity of a certain stud and what yes. that can do to a breed. Right. And horses as well as dogs. Yeah, it's probably, more people have probably heard about it in horses because there's been some fairly mainstream magazine articles on what's happened to thoroughbred horses. And, uh, for example, right now here in San Diego, the Del Mar racetrack is open. They're in their racing season. And so far they've had a very good season because they have lost three horses but that's compared to previous years of 12 or 14 oh, God, horses those years was horrible yeah horrible we didn't even want to go yeah but i i found a couple of very interesting articles talking about popular sires in thoroughbred racehorses and most of the blame has been laid on one particular horse that was used a stallion who was used significantly at stud and that is native dancer And although he was sound, his grandchildren and great-grandchildren are not so much. One of the very popular ones that happened not too long ago, Eight Bells, a beautiful black filly racing in the Kentucky Derby, passed the finish line, broke one ankle, and then in trying to control herself, probably dug in with the other 
foot, the other front foot, and promptly broke that ankle. And so in front of the grandstands, just past the turn of the Kentucky Derby, she was euthanized. And it was so sad for her, but it probably brought to the attention of more people that there's an issue. Barbaro, the horse who caught the American attention a few years ago, who was injured and then had to be euthanized about a year later, had Native Dancer in his background. Eight Bells had Native Dancer in her pedigree several times. And it seems to be, and Native Dancer is everywhere, but as one writer said, Native Dancer by himself is not the death knoll of a horse. That's not, if a horse has native dancer in his background, that doesn't mean this horse is going to break down. If the horse is balanced in the pedigree and there are some stronger, sounder horses in his pedigree also, that can keep him strong. But if a horse has native dancer in his background several times and isn't balanced with other stronger horses, then the chances of him breaking down are just compounded. So that's Native Dancer being a popular sire, being a wonderful racehorse, being fast, siring fast racehorses, and on down to his grandsons and granddaughters who are racing now and are very fast and are winning lots of races. But is that speed enough to balance the potential of them breaking down? I mean, a racehorse that breaks his leg in a race, that's horrible. It's I'd like to say criminal. This uh, paper that you showed me, it's done by a canine biology geneticist. So, a popular sire is a term used for when a male dog or stallion horse mm-hmm. becomes so popular that everybody wants to breed to that. Breed or, their bitches. Or, or bull. Or or, or boar. Or, yeah. yeah. And it's the popular sire because it's so much easier <laughs> for the male to... A male can impregnate numerous females, whereas a female is limited to a certain number of litters or offspring or horse, just one foal a year. So a mare might produce five, six, seven foals in her lifetime. A dog might, female dog might produce three or four litters. And and even that, a lot of people would consider that pushing it. But a male can be used... Over and over and over and over again. Especially yeah. with the artificial insemination. Yes. And being shipped everywhere. So yeah. if a male, period, becomes popular in whatever their Whether species. Because of show ring or racing or sports or whatever. They can have an impact for a long time because, again, like you say, they can impregnate many females. If there is a recessive gene or a problem gene, then like you say, it's a closed population. So say dog breed X Mm -hmm. and one male dog becomes very popular. Everybody wants to breed to him. So the problem usually doesn't show up in the first generation because it's being balanced by the genes Mm -hmm. of the female. But then in a closed population, oh, oh, she's a... This dog is a descendant of this popular sire. Okay, so let's breed back to that and get more of that. Right. 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 So now you're increasing the chances that any bad things are going to happen. So as she puts it in her intro to her, um, the most common admonition of the geneticist to the breeder is to avoid the popular sire syndrome. 
Well, let's but, give her credit. Uh, God, you printed this at eight points. <laughs> Can you read it? <laughs> Carol Bouchot, B-E-U-C-H-A-T. She is a doctorate. She is scientific director and founder of the Institute of Canine Biology. So there. Give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Carol Bouchot, Bouchot. Uh, this is from 2013. Okay, so the most common admonition is avoid the popular sire syndrome. But at the same time, the most common advice from breeder to breeder is to breed the best to the best. So the conundrum is obvious and the consequence predictable. The best dogs are the most sought after. So they sire the most offspring and become popular sires. But you're then increasing mathematically the chance, not in the first generation, but the second, usually. Although with Native Dancer, problems started showing up in the second. In the second. Yes. Okay. So the every litter produced by the popular sire is one less reproductive opportunity for any other potential sires right. of that breed. So the frequency of genes carried by those unused sires will decline in the population. So less variability. Right. Right. Which is, so Bones, his breeder, bred to, Bones' dad has only sired one litter, and that's Bones' litter. And his dad, before him, only had one litter. Ah. So Bones' breeder didn't want those genetics to be lost. And so even though Bones' dad was starting to get older, she bred her bitch to him, and they had five puppies. And Bones' sisters already had a litter of puppies. So those genetics, which were excellent genetics and excellent hips, that was one of the things she didn't want lost. Even though she didn't own that dog, someone else did. She had done pedigree research, and she realized that this was a line that deserved to continue. Mm -hmm. And so she made her arrangements to breed her bitch to him. And those lines now are not lost. And so that's keeping some genetic variability within that breed. Right, exactly. Some diversity. And that's the problem with a popular sire is not only does he do a disproportionate number of offsprings, right? but then a lot of breeders will go, oh, well, let's breed back within the line. Right. And so if there's a problem, now you have like quadrupled the chances of that problem showing up. Right. And unfortunately, I think we're seeing that in a lot of breeds. We're seeing it in many. We certainly saw it in Australian Shepherds. Yeah, we did. Yeah, popularity is not a good thing. (laughs) The celebrity world aside, whether it be a popular breed, a popular sire, a popular characteristic, like the changes in German Shepherds. Yes. The changes in Pekingese. This one of her concluding is... um, The really unfortunate thing about the popular sire is that the negative genetic consequences of his popularity don't begin to manifest for generations. Now, she's talking about dogs. Right. Showed up earlier in that one line with horses. Right. um, By which time the breed already has a really significant problem. The large number of breed-specific disorders known to be caused by a single recessive gene has now reached 175 disorders. That's scary. different breeds. That's scary. That is testimony to the prevalence of the unfortunate legacy of the popular sire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we know about it with royalty. Sure. But it's easy (laughs) to, to pass it off as, oh, inbreeding. 
But if you've got a popular sire, you may not have. Well, and then and you the can Aussies, have. Remember, we had a popular sire was in my dogs, right? Uh-huh. He was everywhere. He was everywhere, and and was a cause of epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And it, he didn't have it, and it didn't show no. up in the first generation, but it started showing up in the second generation and continued. So I don't want to say we're picking on purebreds. You know, there's a lot of wonderful stuff about purebreds. Well, and contrary to public. Popular belief, mixed breeds are not necessarily healthier because some of these recessive genes are not limited to one breed. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at hip dysplasia. Mm -hmm. Mixed breed dogs can have hip dysplasia as often or more than purebreds. The problem is, is less mixes are x-rayed and checked whereas purebreds are more often to be x-rayed and checked. But cancer, epilepsy, autoimmune diseases, allergies, those can all be found in mixed breed dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... um, We see it a lot. Oh, yeah. The dogs go through our classes. Yeah. The mixed breeds, we see them. Yeah. So popular is not not a good thing, necessarily. It really isn't. It puts a big responsibility Especially, especially if it's a male, a male mm-hmm. who has the potential of passing on a lot. For, 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 yeah, passing on a lot. That's the word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a big word. I know. <laughs> passing on a lot. I couldn't wrap my tongue around profligate. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. So I guess our moral is: if you're thinking about a dog, be cautious. Do some research. Just because it's in a movie or a book or a celebrity has one doesn't necessarily mean it's the right dog for you. And talk to the breeder. Lots of pointed questions. I love the websites for breeds where the people that love the breed will tell it to you righteously. Yes. Yes. This is a terrier. Yes. They are high-energy, driven dogs. That's why we love them. Are you going to love that? Well, Australian Shepherds, I had an article up on the internet that has been shared hundreds and hundreds of times. I've seen it popped up everywhere. Is an Australian Shepherd the right dog for you? And a lot of breeders got mad at me because I said, this is the reality of an Aussie. This is a busy dog. This dog needs rules. This dog needs brain games. This dog needs exercise. This dog sheds. This dog is... Not necessarily a good dog with kids if unsupervised. You know, just I gave it the reality. And lots and lots of people shared it. Some of them asked permission, some didn't. And and you know what? I didn't care. Share it to the world. But I heard from some breeders going, Oh, this is such a negative portrayal of our breed who's wonderful. (laughs) And I went, Reality check. Keep saying that. It's fine. But rescue groups copied it all over the place. Oh, that's another good place to look for a reality check. Yeah. Is people yes. that love the breed so much that they have rescue groups for that breed. Mm-hmm. They well know that some things that they love about a breed can be problems, and so they end up trying to help those dogs out of right. that problem situation. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they will tell you frankly what other people have dreamed about and what, what is the reality, and then we're back to, Right. Reality, not <laughs> movies. And there we go. Everything, you know, it's not TV and movies. 
I love my TV and movies. I go there for escapism. Exactly. I don't go exactly. there to learn what breed I should own for my life. And before Kate gets on a ramp, <laughs> we're, we're going <laughs> to call it right there. Popularity is not necessarily a good thing, so do your research. Face research reality, research. people. It's a good thing. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>